I actually created a platform. It's called the uh, Concierge VA. And what it does is it one teaches you kind of the what can be done for virtual assistants because when I started, I didn't know, even know what I could do or what they could do. And it guides you through the process. Like, how do you know how much to pay them? How do you know what the, Philipp the foreign holidays are or Philippine holidays, you know? Like what is important in their culture and where good places to find VAs and all that stuff. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Pranay Parikh from the Concierge VA and Passive Income MD. Today, we're talking about why commercial real estate is a better option for busy professionals, specifically doctors, because Pranay is a doctor and he specializes on helping doctors with their investments. We're also going to talk about ways that Pranay has found to offload important tasks off of his plate and get somebody else to do them and some options, some assets, some opportunities, some resources that he has available for you to take advantage of if you have tasks that you could get off your plate and can almost guarantee that you do if you need to make more time in your schedule to get things done, particularly with your real estate investments, this is what you have to do. Sorry, well, maybe not what you have to do, but it is one of the best things you could do to get those tasks off your plate, but still get them done, save some money, save some time, and move forward. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about these topics. Time saving and passive investments are both so important to busy professionals who want to get into real estate. And Pranay teaches us both of those things today. Without any further ado, here we go. Pranay, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. You have such an interesting and exciting and inspiring background. But for those out there who don't know about your background, can you tell us about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So I'm a hospitalist here in Los Angeles. That means I work in a hospital. I actually work nights. And one of my passions is education and real estate. Uh, so I own a fourplex here in Long Beach, and it's uh, just been great for me. And I've realized that us doctors have been trying to look for uh, a good pathway for the extra money that we have when we do have a little after we paid off our loans and all that stuff. And it was just hard for me to kind of learn real estate. Um, so I got a bunch of books, talked to a bunch of other people. And so now along with my, uh, my partner, Passive Income MD, we kind of teach people how to do um, active real estate, but more, more so passive real estate. So commercial real estate. You guys have a, a fantastic brand platform and everything and do a lot of great work with your, your courses, teaching people and teaching doctors about how to build passive streams of income and get into commercial real estate. And, and really, you know, we're going to talk about commercial real estate today and, and the best ways to get into it and how and all those things. But uh, first off, why commercial real estate? So... You know, if you would have asked me about a year ago, two, two years ago, I'd say, you know, I just want to buy uh, four units, 10 units, and eventually a 99 unit or 100 unit, you know. But I have probably spent the last eight months or so trying to find a multifamily for myself. You know, I've put down offers, I've gone to look at them, and it's just taking up so much time. It's really like a second job, you know. 
in that meantime, I've invested into three deals. I've already got distributions, money in my pocket, and I haven't even worried about it. The only time I remember is when, you know, there's a cha-ching and uh, there's money that goes into my bank account, you know? And of course, there was some vetting I had to do in the beginning, talking to the sponsor, looking at the deal, figuring out the money. But after that, it was just relaxing, you know, and um, all the work was done. And it, I realized just the amount of time that it took to do active real estate um, for, you know, maybe a 5%, 10% improvement in uh, cash flow. So I just decided to pretty much go all in for commercial real estate. Nice. And, you know, have you, it sounds like you've probably given up or, or moved away from the search for a duplex to quad to live in? Um, so I wouldn't, wouldn't say live in to have oh, okay. other people live in. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like a house so, hack. Uh, oh, no. You know, and um, I, I think house hacking is great. You know, fortunately, being a physician, I, I do have a little money to be able to kind of uh, pay for the down payment and stuff. And, you know, it took a while and it's, it's a little bit more expensive in Los Angeles, which is why I've been looking elsewhere to buy my property. But I'm always looking, you know, and I, I would love it. It's just... I, I have a soft heart in my heart for active real estate, but it's just so much easier. So, and then I have a down payment fund that's slowly getting less because I keep finding great commercial real estate deals <laughs> to invest in. So, I mean, that's a, there's a big difference though, right? When you're comparing looking at a, a small multifamily to buy and manage yourself, and then you're looking at a syndication where you're going to be a passive investor, you're looking at one situation, one hand, you're going to have all the control, all the decision-making and do all the work. On the other hand, you're giving up a lot of control. And I mean, how did you kind of deal with that reality and, and giving up the seating control to the sponsor and handing the money away? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you know, so to start off with, uh, the way I looked at it was uh, not really a hobby. You know, I looked at it as a vehicle, right? So um, I can tell you my fourplex, I, I got lucky with that, but it takes me practically zero effort, right? I, I, I have a property manager that does all the work, you know, they even uh, during the COVID times, they send me monthly updates telling me what's going on. They tell me about any law changes that will happen there i have 100 percent occupancy right now i haven't had anyone skip rent or anything so it's been great if i could find another property like that right now i would buy it in a heartbeat you know the problem is it's just so hard to find um and uh for your fans that have been looking actively at real estate there is no coronavirus in the world of active real estate the prices are super duper high you know and in commercial real estate too but it just hasn't been priced appropriately right now so uh you know properties are at the high end uh and I don't see that changing at least in the near future so my and then my deal flow is not that great you know so i i just go on mls just like every other person you know but fortunately because i've been i teach a class on commercial real estate i um, have a lot of connections with kind of sponsors my deal flow is pretty decent for for uh, passive real estate and also i'm looking everywhere right with passive real estate sponsors will like south carolina virginia you know florida texas everywhere while i only it takes me a lot of effort to 
find a new place to do active real estate. So I, I, I invest in Los Angeles and I've been looking at Memphis, but it takes a good month or two to learn the market. And so I can't just move from one place to another with like passive and talking about control. Uh, that's definitely a, a big thing, right? That's a big difference uh, between active and passive. But the, the way I look at it is that I have a lot of control in passive real estate, right? Because I select the sponsor, I select the deal, right? So um, that it, in, in reality, I really have a ton of sponsor, a ton of control because I can go from one to the next, right? And I personally, I don't, I don't really care about the tile. I don't care about AC. Like I don't want to deal with that, any of that stuff. Like I just want to invest my money and I want my money to do well. Even for my active property, I don't want to pick any of that stuff. Like I, I just want money to go in and more money to come out. And, you know, I want my tenants to be happy. Nice. I think one of the big things that that comes up, particularly when people are starting to look into syndication and, and learn about it is where do I find sponsors? Where do I find opportunities? And you've, like you said, you've got a fantastic network that you built up, but Let's face it, not everybody's going to start up uh, the second passive income MD and start with the commercial real estate courses, build that network. So as far as looking for sponsors to start vetting, where should somebody look? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny, uh, we get that question all the time from our class, you know, and uh, that's why when we, we give our students kind of a, a handful of sponsors that we like. Um, and I, I think... In the starting, it will feel like it's very difficult. And then all of a sudden you have too many, you know, and that's kind of what happens. So uh, the the important thing is to, so there's a couple of places. So um, before you used to be able to go to real estate conferences, but now there's a bunch of kind of real estate focused Facebook groups. Um, there's a lot of private investor clubs that are great. They're free and they're able to use kind of their collective bargaining through to, to get better deals. And we have we have one for ourselves um, and anyone's allowed to join. We send some kind of market updates. So uh, we can probably put the link in the, the podcast notes. But, you know, we and so trying to find someone that is a little bit ahead of you and just ask around, you know, hey, do you guys invest in multifamily? Uh, you'll be surprised with how many people do. Um, and then worst case scenario, there's always crowdfunding, right? That's a, a great kind of entry point for to a lot of people. And it's kind of nice because you don't necessarily have to do that 25,000, 50,000 minimum investment that you do have to do elsewhere. Okay. Okay. So when you're finding these sponsors, you know, you mentioned that if you don't like one, you can move on to the next one. And that would imply that you have some kind of criteria uh, that you use as deciding factors for whether or not you want to continue looking at that person's deals or not. So what's important to you when evaluating a sponsor? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you could kind of get into the weeds on it, but uh, kind of big picture, it's two things. So it's uh, reputation and track record. Those are the two major things that we look for, right? So reputation. So how are other investors talking about it, right? So easiest ways, quick Google their names. So, you know, Google their principal's names. How are they doing? Are there any, any like do lawsuit and then their name, scam in their name, you know? Uh, you'd be surprised how good Dr. Google is at finding all this stuff, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so that's the starting, right? 
Um, and, you know, that's kind of superficial, but you'd be surprised, right? And then track record, that's a big thing, right? So how long have these people been doing it, right? So uh, five years, 10 years, right? So, uh, and the, the big thing is you want people to be able who have been through kind of a whole cycle. So they've done a syndication from beginning to end, right? Preferably multiple. And then preferably if they've gone through the recession. So if they've gone through 2008, 2009, you know, and just kind of a caveat with that, if they've lost money in that time, you know, that might not be a deal breaker because everyone lost money, right? So what did they learn from that experience? You know, that actually might make them even stronger sponsor right now. And so kind of look at it as a picture of a whole. So I have a number of friends, investors, other folks in my network who are doctors. And you know, one of the things that's very common is schedule, time. How much time do they have in their calendar? And a lot of times, many of them even say, or seem to say that they don't really have the time to even go build this network. So what are some ways that doctors especially can work on finding that time to go meet these sponsors, to evaluate the deals, evaluate the markets, and then you know get into the investments? Yeah, so uh, that's a great point. Um, and um, one thing I think we uh, underestimate is how valuable our time is, you know. And so a quick a quick way to do it is take your yearly salary and divide it by two thousand, right? So if you're making a hundred thousand dollars, if you divide by two thousand, then your hourly salary is about fifty bucks. Right? It's not exact, but it's close enough, right? So if you're if you're gonna go do something, then is that worth $50, right? So um, one thing uh, that, you know, I heard this on a podcast and it like blew my mind. So, you know, Amazon packages, you probably get a ton of them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you probably have to return, you know, a decent amount, right? Here and there. Yeah. So uh, Amazon charges you to return uh, stuff, right? If it's like, if you just don't like it, right? So, but if you drop it off at Kohl's, they won't charge you. So, you know, for to save five bucks, I would spend like an hour of my time going all the way to Coles <laughs> and all the way back, you know, Yeah. and for five bucks, right? So this guy on this podcast was like, yeah, I just, I just don't return things, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not worth my time, right? And, you know, I'm not at that level yet, I still return stuff, but I, I'll, I'll be willing to pay that extra five bucks, right? So it's being able to look at your time. And it's not just that every single minute of your time needs to be productive because I watch TV, I play video games, you know, um, I read the news, but that time is special to me, you know, and if you, and it's, it's like how I recharge, right? So if you were to take that time away, you would actually not even have to pay, say 50 bucks, you would have to pay me a hundred bucks to do that, you know? So to kind of take a picture back, so a lot of people don't do kind of like a time audit, like mm. where are they spending their time, right? So what I tell people is I ruthlessly outsource, right? So I, I have a maid, right? So she comes in and it's, uh, it's like three hours to clean my whole apartment. One, I hate cleaning, you know, two, she does a way better job than I would, you know, and that, that is time that I could spend doing other stuff, right? Um, to, uh, spend on my business, talking to investors, finding new sponsors and all this stuff, or just recharging. And so there's that, you know, we have food delivery and it's just different things that one, I don't like to do. And two, it's just, it's less than my hourly wage, you know? 
And one thing that I've found recently that has been a game changer is I got an assistant. I got a virtual assistant. And, you know, for over the years, I've been like, you know, I really want one, but there's, I don't think I have enough stuff to do. Man, it was just way, like right now, there's way too much stuff for her to do. Like, I just keep adding stuff for her to do. And one thing to kind of tie this back to commercial real estate is market research, right? So, you know, I could spend, I could spend, a couple hours, five hours, 10 hours looking at a market, you know, or I can have her compile all of this data because it's, it's not, I'm not doing anything special. You know, I'm not this market research expert, but um, I just tell her what, what kind of stuff I need. And then she'll read the article, give me summaries, and then we talk about it. And that saves me a ton of time. And then I can go, go back and now talk to the sponsor. I could sound intelligent. Like I actually know what I'm talking about. Uh, and that that'll save me hours and you know hundreds of dollars and so that has been kind of a game changer i really just wish i started earlier interesting so that is an interesting example of a task that you could outsource i think about this too i've got some virtual assistants but i'm always trying to look for new options or opportunities but you know when somebody's first getting started i remember when i first got started with virtual assistants it was hard to find that first task to hand off that kind of to tie back into your Kohl's example, even though you're you're driving an hour out of your way to save five bucks, it's still five bucks. So even though your first attempt at hiring a virtual assistant could cost you $20 for a few hours worth of work, some folks are like, but that, that 20 bucks, I don't want to lose it. So what are some maybe easy tasks to hand off? Is that, would you even rate the market re- research as an easy task as a, a good example to get started with? You know, it, it's so I think I told you I work nights, right? So I wanted this reservation for this restaurant and it, it opened up at 9 a.m. You know, so I was like, hey, could you could you get me this reservation? And she did, you know, we're and I'll just go over some different stuff that I've done. We a lot of customer service, you know, um, so a lot of times it's just sending people the the same reply, right? So, hey, I need X. Okay, here's where you find it, you know? Um, so, you know, eight, 70 to 90% of customer service are probably the same 10 replies, right? And then every once in a while, like, hey, I want you to be on my podcast. It needs to get kind of elevated to me, you know? So it just, it, so you still have that personal touch for the people that are asking you personal questions, but you don't necessarily need to kind of do the boilerplate stuff. Another thing is my mom's looking for a puppy. So I had her search for breeders, call them if they're available, make sure that they have a one-year guarantee and if they take credit cards. So you can imagine just going back and forth. That was like 20 hours worth of time, you know? And if I'm making $50 an hour, that's $1,000, right? Um, that I would have spent of my own time. Well, you know, a lot of virtual assistants are anywhere from five to 10 bucks per hour. Wow. Okay. Okay. So as far as platforms, you know, there are a few out there. What do you prefer to stick with? So I, you know, I've tried a couple of different, um, there's, uh, one, so it, it depends on what level of help you want. You know, for me, I wanted someone that I could just plug and play into my system. Right. And that was pretty hard to find. It was either really expensive, um, like 20, $30 an hour, which, you know, I could probably just find a med student who'd be willing to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> or uh, it was a very DIY and I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't want to do that DIY stuff. So I actually created a platform. It's called the, the Concierge VA. And what it does is it one teaches you kind of the what can be done for virtual assistants because when I started, I didn't know even know what I could do or what they could do. And it guides you through the process. Like, how do you know how much to pay them? How do you know what the Philip the foreign holidays are or Philippine holidays, you know? Like what is important in their culture and where good places to find VAs and all that stuff. So I created kind of a matchmaking service and it's called the concierge VA because it's like really a white glove experience. Like we, you know, we talk to you, we find out your needs. Um, and I have a partner in the Philippines who will get you three people who meet your ideal criteria. And then you interview them and find out which person is the best for you. And that's the same process that I went through. And my person is amazing. She's like, she like I'm not super detail oriented, um, and I needed someone that was really detail oriented, and she does. Like she she's reminded me like eight times about this podcast interview, you know. <laughs> and uh, actually, I, I told her like make sure I don't forget this. this. Is probably the most important thing I do all year. So make sure <laughs> make sure I I don't miss it. So yeah. I hope this isn't the most important thing you do all year. Not to be too self-effacing. Well, that's interesting. That's great. So, I mean, that's those are the tasks or the the aspects of hiring a VA that I think I and many others have really struggled with. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's well worth doing. It's a good hill to climb. But if if you don't know what to do or where to get started, then what do you do? How do you, how do you even do that? Um, so, where can people find the concierge VA? Yeah, so it's the concierge uh, and it's pretty easy. So we actually have two services. We have one because uh, another thing we do, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to is we have an incubator for physician entrepreneurs and where it, uh, so recently we had this online summit where we taught, we showed physicians what is possible outside of medicine. So we have people who are doctors who are venture capital, commercial real estate, like you active real estate, we had this one girl, this TV personality, this other girl made shoes, you know, just open up the world of possibility, right? So after the summit, people were asking, okay, that's all good, but how do I actually get to that level, you know? So we're like, okay, here, we're going to give you all our resources. We're going to bring in experts. And it's basically, uh, it's called the Leverage and Growth Accelerator. And so it's, we incubate ideas and people have gotten, you know, featured on TV and all this other stuff, all different blogs. and. Um, they're launching stuff, they're launching courses, and they're really making an impact, you know. And I, I think that every person has something in them that is dying to come out and uh, make an impact in the world. So um, for those people I created uh, for the concierge VA, they need websites, right? Everyone needs a website. Like that's your, that's your face on the internet, right? And everyone, everyone has all these websites that are just they're not that great, you know, and uh, I, I, did, I had one that wasn't that great, you know, uh, and it took a lot of work to get there. So we, that's one service we're offering that you don't necessarily need a VA. Uh, I mean, a lot of the VAs can do that too, um, but some people just want to get the website and then they'll think about other stuff later. And then we have on the second part is the matchmaking service, which uh, will kind of get you a virtual assistant depending on your needs. You know, some uh, one of my friends just got one for like podcasting, you know, another one for like a vlog, like a YouTube thing. And then um, 
for me, it's like help with my blog and other stuff. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I think outsourcing a lot of these tasks, things like uh, web development that, you know, people aren't good at getting, getting the experts on board and handling those things really from the outside, when you haven't done it, it's hard to appreciate how much that can really put you ahead to hand off a lot of those tasks and, and focus on the right things with your own time, both from a rest and recharge standpoint, when you don't want to give up some of your kind of life quality tasks and from just an entrepreneurial business owner standpoint where you need to hand things off so you can focus on higher dollar per hour activities in your business is so, so important. So it's great to hear that you've, uh, you've created that. Yeah. And you know, we, we, when uh kind of type a driven personalities it's just hard to let go little pieces you know we're micromanaging but that's really how you scale up right um so and i i think this your assistant is probably the most important early employee you have you know and oftentimes your first employee love it right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor all right pranay i've got three questions i ask every guest on the show are you ready all right, great. Number one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? So by far, by far, it's my relationships, you know? So uh, obviously first my wife who is allowing me to really be an entrepreneur. And I, I think that's something that you need to kind of discuss because it's, it, it's people ask me how I'm able to do this and how I'm able to find time, but it's pretty much every waking hour I'm working on something, you know? Um, uh, but a lot of times I'm working with my wife. So, you know, it, it, uh, we, we have determined time uh, together. Uh, and then my business partner, Peter Kim from Passive Income MD, it, you know, that one, that relationship, there, there's a few kind of moments in life that change the trajectory of your life. And that was one of them, right? So we've done an in-person conference. We've done online courses that... I have launched a couple of times. We've done a 12,000 doctor virtual summit. We're doing our virtual summit again in the fall. And uh, now we're kind of getting into more on the GP side of commercial real estate. So we've done a lot. And it, a lot of it is just focusing on the right people. And uh, yeah, so the, you know, education, of course, I'm a doctor, you know, that's a huge one, but she didn't let me use that. But second is relationships <laughs> for sure. I had to take education off the table. I got that answer so many times. Love it. Love it. Relationships are a great best investment. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment you ever made? So if you can imagine, I am invested in a vehicle that is in student housing and 24-hour fitness. That's Hmm. it. So it's a private REIT um, and they actually liquidated um, so I lost my complete uh, investment. It's it only a couple thousand bucks, but um, it, it's like I, I went down to zero. So it, yeah, that's probably my worst. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. Zero is tough. Yeah. My, actually, my wife made me, it was so bad because we paid for my wife's account. She She's like, yeah, that was the worst thing ever. She actually made me pay her back. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you keep the shares, you pay me the money back. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Yeah. So I would say value your time, you know, um, and I, I think do things with intention, right? So um, if you one value, if you give a value to your time, right. And you look at your schedule, um, 
with that value in mind, right? So, um, and that's not necessarily to say that only do things that increase your bottom line. Like, you know, I, I say spending time with my friends, my family, that's a very high, it's priceless. And also that's super important. But I, I think if you look at, if you look at business through that lens, then you're going to really keep the big picture in mind uh, and just progress so much further. Otherwise, um, a lot of times it gets just, time just gets away from you, you know? And um, it's it's so easy, you know, you look at the clock and then it, all of a sudden four hours have gotten done and you're staring at like a blank screen, you know, <laughs> or, uh, like, it, and just, yeah. And so I think valuing your time um, and, you know, it's easier to get when you're a little bit older, uh, but I think the earlier you learn to do that, um, I think the way more successful you will be. Nice. Great lesson. Thank you for joining us today. If folks want to get in touch, if they want to learn more, they want to learn more about the VA company or they want to learn more about Passive Income MD, where can they find you? So there's a couple. So the easiest to find me personally is my name, PraneeParikh.com. And I blog about kind of productivity and time management and entrepreneurship there. The ConciergeVA.com is the website for the VA company. Um, happy to talk to you. Uh, let them know you came from uh, this podcast. Um, and then lastly, Passive Income MD is uh, Peter Kim, my partner's website. And that's where we post all the cool doctor stuff we're doing. Nice, nice. Well, you guys are doing awesome, doing great, doing great work. And really appreciate you joining us today and, and teaching us about these lessons, why commercial real estate and syndication is a better option for busy professionals like doctors and great ways to make more time in our schedule and why that's so important by using virtual assistants. And I appreciate your examples of doing that as well. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them to the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. Have a great day and a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>